What's up, what's up, everybody? It's Danny Green here, back with more Inside the Green Room. My co-host, Harrison Sanford. This is brought to you by NBC Sports Philadelphia. And we have my coach, Doc Rivers, on today, talking about why he started coaching, our chase for another ring, and so much more. Let's get into it. Stick around, you want to hear why Doc Rivers made a comparison between Ben Simmons and Magic Johnson. But before we get to that, Danny, uh, we had Tobias on the show recently, and I want to give him a shout out for coming on the show. It took a while for us to get him. <laughs> One summer, Danny and I recorded our first episode of the podcast at the Yes We Can Center, which is in Long Island, New York, which is actually the same place where Tobias and Danny will frequent working out during the off season which actually reminds me that Tobias was the first person that asked us, that I asked to be on the show, and he was there that first day. You remember that, Tobias? I remember that, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I did it. I did it, though. No, no you didn't. No. No. But you're here now. But you're here now. You're here now. It's all good. <laughs> that was where, when we was at Yes We Can, we, you know, we were running, running up. This is a, just a simple story, but we go play five on five. And Danny Green would come in and want to play. And I'd be the king of the gym. And then Danny Green come in, and then he starts picking all these players on his team. It's the perfect Spurs offense. And, you know, he had these guys coming in, sitting back screens, uh, flare screens for Danny. You know, he picked the point guard who doesn't know how to score, just pass. And then he's running my teams out the gym. And I'm looking around like, y'all got to play some dang defense on this offense. And... Yeah, yeah. Anytime you come up in the gym, he was he was running running through running through a lot 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 of good teams in there. <laughs> you know, open gym. Everybody is, is working on their own individual game, one on one. And I would come in and just try to play a little team basketball. We win a couple games. You know, what I'm saying we win a couple games just by playing some team, a little floppy action. You know, him and his brothers get pissed. What the god damn it, y'all need to push the. <laughs> Play some defense. Only known him 20 years. He said he put it in the repost. Only known him 20 years, but appreciate you joining us, Prince. Man, much love. Thank you for finally coming on. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Prince? Prince? What's that That's about? We call him, man. He's the, we call him. He has a couple of nicknames. The Machine is one. Prince is another. I'll let Dwight will probably end up being on a show again. He's been on four or five times, you know, but he'll give you his, his reasons why. But um, yeah, that's the Prince right there. Why do you have this impression that Dwight's been on the show four or five times? He's only been on the show once. Twice, for sure, twice. No, only once. When we, you when sure? you were, he was our debut for when you were the Lakers. That's it was a season debut, and that was it. Uh, we didn't have him after that. I no, we had him bro. Twice. No. Oh. Uh, okay. I thought we might have had him after. Well, well, we'll 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 get him on the show. We'll entice him with some frosties. For sure. Exactly. <laughs> Inside the Green Room is on social media. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Inside Green Room and on Twitter at Green Room Inside. Now back to the show. We're back with more Inside the Green Room. Harrison Sanford, that's Danny Green. And we are joined by Danny's new head coach, Doc Rivers. Uh, before we get into more basketball-related things, uh, most recently when you guys played against the Atlanta uh, Hawks, you had Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith in attendance, and it reminded me of the NBA draft, obviously because Smith just got drafted in the NFL draft for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Doc, take us back to 1983 when you were drafted. If there's a, is there a vivid moment that you can remember from that from that day? 
it was one of the worst days of my life. Yeah, I remember <laughs> uh, really clearly because I left college a year early. You know, I was a Playboy All-American. Um, you know, uh, I'd been the best guard in my opinion, at least. And then I think 15 guards went in front of me uh, on draft night. Uh, and I went from, you know, a team that I'll never mention guaranteeing me that they would take me in the top 15 to being the 31st player pit, you know? Uh, so it was not a great night for me. I remember Mike Fratello uh, called me and I was, you know, I was not happy. And he actually yelled at me on the phone and say, hey, I'm the one that wanted you. Uh, <laughs> and now for the rest of your career, you can prove these people wrong. And so yeah, it was a tough night, but it probably was the best night in some ways as well, because it made me get back to the gym and really work, um, you know, and, and, and kind of changed my goals. My goal was to make the NBA. And then my goal became, I'm gonna outlast every single person in this trap and playing longer than all of them. Uh, and I think one guy played longer than me in that year, in that class. So uh, it turned out to be okay. I know you think that one day, um, I don't ever wanna coach, but one day you think I should coach. What made you wanna be a coach and what makes you continue to, to keep at it? Well, this is why I know Danny's gonna be a coach because I, I know the way um, I never had any thought of coaching. I thought coaches were, were crazy half of them. Uh, and then you probably, you don't have to say it, but I know you feel the same way. And I remember Pat Riley and I had this big, we were having a heated discussion uh, about something and he yells at me. He said, yeah, that's all right. When you coach, uh, you understand. And I said, well, I'm never coaching. He said, you're absolutely coaching. We started arguing for that. You know, so, it was really interesting, and, and Pat Riley was right. Uh, and honestly, I love it. Uh, I it's, it, it takes coaching takes you over, man. Uh, once you get into it, you'll love it. And I still think, you know, 20 years from now, when we're laughing and Danny's still coaching, uh, <laughs> Danny, you tell this story. Oh, <laughs> uh, for sure, I for sure will, because I I just think I don't know how you guys handled the stress and just dealing with guys. That's my biggest thing. I I'm passionate about the game. I love to teach it. I think I'll teach it to my my kids. Uh, but to deal with guys like me every day, I don't know how you guys do it, Doc. I, I like to keep my hair. I don't want it to go gray. Um, so that's that's my reason for coaching. I don't think I can handle the stress once I'm done playing. But, um, yeah, man, maybe one day I will be coaching. But I said hopefully I'll stick to, like, high school basketball or my, my children coaching. I don't know if I can deal with egos and professional guys. It's just too much to handle these days. Well, listen, I would rather deal with a talented ego than an uh, untalented ego. So that's the way I look at it, you know, in the NBA you're dealing with a lot of talent, a lot of egos, and, and you know, a lot of youth, a lot of growing up, uh, a lot of team building, get outside of yourself. Uh, but when you can bring it together, it is the best feeling. Uh, and that's probably why I still do it. Uh, Doc, you referenced uh, coaching a number of players, talented guys. I wonder when you sit back in your coach's lounge or there's an NBA coaches associating meeting, association meeting, is there a play uh, that you drew up or an adjustment that you made in, in a pivotal game that you kind of would always boast about? For example, like if Danny hits a three in a playoff game, that's going to be something he tells his kids. What would you tell your grandkids about a coaching decision that you've made? Great question. I have a lot of plays that I've drawn up that have worked, you know, and some that haven't, obviously. Uh, but against Cleveland, um, the year in 2008, we won it. Um, it was a baseline out of bounds play that we ran 
that I literally got from a high school game. Uh, <laughs> we tried it out one practice. Uh, it was a, it's a low clock play, and you know I called a timeout, and I remember Paul Pierce yelling, "Let's run high school," because that's that's what we, we named it, and we had never run it before, and I wasn't sure about it at that time, but I went with my gut and did it, and, and Paul Pierce got a layup. It was a big play. It changed the game. So those are the type of plays that you remember uh, probably the most. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of those little plays that happen every game, but that one you remember. You think Danny might get into coaching. Danny right now is targeting going into TV after. And so I'm looking at your career, Doc, and it's shaping up to be a basketball Hall of Fame career. If you take the time that you spend in the league as a player, uh, that you spent in the media as well, and now as a coach, do you think about what that would potentially mean, like being in the Hall of Fame for everything that you've done throughout the entirety of your basketball career? Yeah, I really don't. I don't, I've never been a uh, seeker or, uh, or any of that. You know, I made the all-star team uh, as a player one year. And, I, you know, honestly, I was the only one there thinking like, you know, this is okay. Like, you know, I didn't, it didn't do a lot for me. Uh, I just love competition. I've always been more of a team guy. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously, if all that happens, that'd be great. But it's nothing I ever think about. I don't count wins, you know, Danny. And then we had the one win where the team celebrated. I, I mean, I don't know any of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. And don't really care to. I kind of enjoy what I do daily. I think that's a, a good thing. I, I wouldn't say a spoiled situation, but it just goes to show you how successful you've been when you're used to that type of deal and you don't really care. Oh, we clinched playoff berth, you know, that, that type of thing. You've been coaching for a long time. You've been successful at it um, long enough to not care about the, the you know, the, I guess the small victories in, in, in a sense. I, I will say the one thing that I, I regret to this day, and Danny, you'll be shocked because you've won multiple titles, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't go into the locker room after the game. <laughs> after you guys won? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I, I went to my office, as I always would do, like for a minute and then walk in the locker room. But mm. the season was over and we had won the title. And yeah. I literally just sat at my desk and I smoked a cigar. Uh, <laughs> and gave me a cigar. And I had a quiet 20 minutes all by myself. But I never went in the locker room and didn't get a with the champagne and all that. I saw, <laughs> you didn't get I saw a video of it, but I was, <laughs> it's nuts. That's crazy. We'll, we'll have to change that this year, man. But uh, it's, a, it's a hell of a time. It's a lot of fun. We all have those random moments that I remember during when we win, uh, what we did. Uh, but yeah, that, that's interesting. I, didn't, I never knew that. But we will have a box of cigars for you when and if it happens. Hopefully when it happens. Tell us what it's been like um, to be a part of Social Justice Coalition Board and what's the tangible goal that the group has uh, for moving forward? Well, it's been great, Danny, because it's, it's, been, it's the infancy. So we're starting it, you know. Um, I think what the, the thing that I'm most looking forward to is that we're going to get into policy change. You know, we're going to actually go and lobby uh, and try to get... Uh, bills pass or bills defeated. Um, and, you know, like the George Floyd bill uh, is, is an example. Uh, that's something none of us has ever been able to do. We've never 
had the ability um, or we never had the resources. And by establishing this coalition, we now do. Uh, we're going to actually have paid employees on this coalition that their job will be to go out to D.C. and to state legislature as well and try to change things. Uh, and to, That's the way to get things changed. I mean, we protesting is great. Uh, using our voices is so important. Uh, but knocking on the doors and getting policies changed is where we need to go. Uh, and, and that's what we're going to do. Doc, did you envision getting to this point with this social justice coalition? Obviously, you've been very vocal in terms of uh, seeing things that you would see right uh, be adjusted or fixed in society. Uh, but to see the actual NBA come aboard, come aboard here and actually put something in paper and having uh, a groundswell of support to actually put something official uh, to go forth and make some changes happen. Did you did you anticipate that happening? Because obviously things have always kind of been sparse here and there in terms of affecting change. Well, I can tell you this. I envisioned it and as far as I was one of the guys who brought up the, the thought of doing it. Uh, but I didn't know if we were going to get it done. So, and, and, and I didn't know that we we're going to get it done to the point where the league has bought in to the level that they bought in, that the owners were going to actually give up money uh, to get it done. So I thought that we were going to have a good talk about it. You know, and I'm being honest here, I just didn't know how far we would go down the road with it. And the fact that the league reacted and, and really they reacted because of the players. Uh, the players took a stand, you know, and, and stopping games, you know, was that stand. And I think the owners knew the players meant business, you know, and, and so the fact that the players and being young players uh, got involved in this, I thought changed everything. So, yeah, I, I, I envisioned this is something, you know, I studied interest group politics. Uh, I've always wanted uh, to figure out how, socially we can create an organization to go to dc and to go to state legislator and do do this stuff i just didn't know how to do it or if i had the resources to do it and and lo and behold it was the player's power that got it done so it, it's all good to see the league behind us the owners behind us and coaches like doc behind us obviously you know, i've had pop as well um, i've learned so much from doc within this you know couple of months that we've been together um, not just on the court but off the court um, and to see them back to, to be behind us and, and, you know, make this important emphasis um, is really important. And it's really important for not just us, but our communities, our people uh, back home. Uh, so, so it has been uh, a real blessing uh, for me to be able to work with some of these guys, to learn a lot of these guys, and for just us as players uh, to be during this generation, this time, to where things have changed. I, I'm sorry, I can't imagine when Doc was playing how, how it was. I could never go through that type of deal. Um, yeah. But to have, to me, grow up in this type of era, in this type of generation, and to have, you know, this type of change um, is good, is great. It's a, it's a blessing, but so we still have a long ways to go. Um, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I'm looking for the future because I don't have any kids yet, but I, I know that my kids, when I do have them, will hopefully be growing up in a better place than what had, said where Doc grew up and, and hopefully where, I, where I've grown up. Um, but said so we still have some ways to go. Yeah, it really is our legacy when you, when you think about it, Danny. Obviously, uh, the basketball part is, is our legacy as well, but we want to leave this place better uh, for our kids than when we came into it. Um, and, and, and we have to really, because it's not good enough. 
Uh, you know, we want our kids to be equal uh, and have an equal chance for everything that everyone else have. And one of the things I've always said is giving equal uh, equality is, doesn't cost you anything. Who has it? All it does is mean that the level, the playing fields will be level. Uh, and that's all we want. We'll take it from there. You know, let it all be level and we'll take it from there. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room. I'm Harrison Sanford. That's Danny Green, joined by Doc Rivers, about to go home. But of course, we actually have to talk about the 76ers, this year's team and their chase for the title. Uh, Doc, we had Tobias Harris on the show just last time, and he talked about his improvement on the defensive level. Yeah, I think because early on, and because sometimes he, he's a great offensive player. He can score the ball. And a lot of times, offensive players are not known as being great defenders. And maybe early on, the stigma or whatever it was for him they said he just wasn't a great defensive guy so that's just stuck with him and people have not said i've been watching tobias has actually been a great on-ball defender for us um he's played and locked up some guys contained some guys uh better than and people think oh he's a target no he's not one of those guys you can target i'm not saying he wasn't i don't know if he was at one point but he's not one of those guys you can target anymore at all and play a good defense for us and that's the reason why a lot of our half court defense has been great obviously transition needs to be better but because of the way he's been stepping up his game on both sides of the floor and people don't acknowledge it is the reason why we're one of the top teams defensively in the league. But T, go ahead. You're going to explain uh, what yeah, your no, thoughts I are. Mean, I mean, you, you pretty much hit it spot on. Um, but early in my career, it's not considered a, a defender. I mean, you know, uh, if you look back a couple of years, you know, five years ago, I was playing majority four. So you, you didn't really have threes playing the four a four was a, a typical four man like you know I, I was guarding guys at times like uh Taj Gibson on the floor you know what I'm saying like guys who were 25 30 pounds heavier than me back to and, the basket guys. And, and stronger back to the basket so you know that was like the evolution of the game now is like now fours you're seeing more threes play fours right threes play four and three um but that was some defensive end was something that I worked on, like, continuously in, in the summers, working on my lateral quickness, working on, you know, being able to react quicker out there. Uh, and obviously somebody who coached him with the Los Angeles Clippers. Can you talk about what you've seen from him this year? And then overall, I imagine you must, as a coach, you must be salivating at the defensive potential of this team when it comes down to the playoffs and you're really able to zero in on an opponent. Yeah, I think people miss it all the time, and Danny, you know more than others. You know, um, you can be a great offensive team. You're not winning. Uh, you better be a great defensive team. You better be a good offensive team as well, but you have to have that balance. Um, and Tobias is right. Um, I'm blown away at how well he plays defense now. Uh, I, I joke with him all the time. He was clearly holding out with me with the Clippers. <laughs> I'm telling you, I didn't see any of the defense that he was when I was coaching with the Clippers. And it's just, it's a remarkable improvement by an offensive player. You know, you don't see that very often by a really good offensive player that makes a remarkable improvement defensively. Um, and with him and Danny and Ben and Joel and Matisse, 
uh, and George Hill now, we have the ability defensively to shut you down. Uh, and I, I tell you this, that's what brings teams together. Offense is fun, but defense brings teams together, and it always will. For sure. And I think that's it. We're going to have nights like we had last night. We're not going to shoot well. And that's the games where we have to rely on our defense to be able to win us those games. And that's when teams come together in the trenches and to become brothers and to have fun winning those type of games. So, you know, stick it out, grind it out in a muddy type situation and, you know, beat a team just based off your defense. Yeah, you can see when a team's connected. Uh, and that is when no one's making shots and yet they're still winning the game. That's a connected basketball team. Doc, you referenced defense being the key to winning championships, but obviously the offensive side of the ball matters. And I think for people who are actually watching the games, they realize how important Ben Simmons is from a playmaking perspective, uh, taking advantage of post mismatches, which is a, a hallmark of your offense this year. Uh, but again, when it comes to the national media or even some fans who don't pay attention as much, there's this obsession almost with, uh, his lack of an off uh, outside shot. Uh, and I wonder, do you grow fatigue when it comes to that narrative and things of that nature? Because I'm, you've coached guys like uh, Rajon Rondo and uh, you coached against guys like Draymond Green. And it seems as if Ben is more in that mold, but there's a larger groundswell that won't let him, won't let it go, that he's not who some others want him to be, some elite outside shooter. Yeah, I don't know if I grow fatigued, but it does get old at times because I think we all saw, even our own team saw, the value of Ben offensively when he missed those four games uh, and, and what he brings to the table. You know, just because Ben doesn't shoot threes doesn't mean he doesn't create threes. Uh, he leads the lead in threes created, right? So uh, that is scoring. Uh, Ben's ability to get into the paint and see the floor uh, create mismatches every freaking night tells you just how good he is. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. I wish people, before the three-point line was really popular, there was a guy named Magic Johnson. That <laughs> no one cared that he didn't make threes or shoot threes. They just loved how Magic played. Uh, I wish we could look at Ben more like that than needing to be Steph Curry uh, because he's not going to be, nor can Steph be Ben. You know, and I think people put these guys in boxes and they should put it in a winning box. Like, how does the effect winning? Uh, ben affects winning in a big way for us. Yeah, it's been a, a joy watching you guys develop as a team from the preseason to where you are now, where you have a very strong chance of getting that number one seed and uh, looking forward to see how it all plays out in the end. Doc, uh, appreciate your time. Uh, Dan, you got any last words before we say, say peace out? Read, rate, subscribe, review. Doc, thanks again, man. Pleasure so much, man. Appreciate everything you've done for us. And hopefully we can get you to get that celebration in the locker room this year. Yeah, I need some champagne poured on me. Bye, Danny Green. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Doc. <laughs>